All right, looks like we're ready. Uh, Sonny, brother, would you mind closing those back doors? Thank you. Not that people still can't come in, but uh, I, we're going to look at one verse tonight in Hebrews. Uh, just look at it. We'll have three scriptures that kind of highlight it, but uh, just one verse, but, but just bear with me. I am going to go through as quick as I can a little bit of recap of what Brother Todd talked about last Wednesday because it was so uh, monumental to the Christian life if you caught it. it what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it down and make it even, even easier to grasp. But you needed to get what he had to say last Wednesday, and, and I feel like maybe you might not have gotten it totally. So I'm going to do that as quick as I can before we get into the one verse we're going to look at tonight. Sound good? Uh, I want to pray <clears throat> before we begin for a friend of mine named Tim Wilhoyt. Uh, Brother Todd, I'm not sure if you remember Tim and Barb. Uh, yeah, uh, sweet folks. I, I, I've been in contact with him for all these years, and uh, he really needs to be in ministry. Uh, I mean, he just does. And uh, I, I, we need to pray that the Lord opens something for him. The Lord bears long with us, yes or no? It, it, it says he does. And so, you know, look at me. I've been stuck in Greenville for like forever and uh, waiting for God to deliver me. And, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. You know, but but a, lot of, a lot of great sinners in Chicago to reach for Christ. So, uh, yeah, more than you can even imagine. But uh, let me pray for Tim and Barb here. Father, thank you tonight for Wednesday night for bro what Brother Todd has started in a series on Hebrews. Uh, be with Tim and Barb. Open up some kind of ministry for these two. Uh, they are so worthy and, uh, Lord, so capable. And I, I know he's a little frustrated, but, Lord, help him to uh, hang in there and in your time open up the very thing that he and his wife can be a part of. In Christ's name, amen. All right. Uh, before we get into Hebrews 2 and verse 4, we're going to look at the first three verses that Brother Todd talked about last week. So turn to Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. The apostle says, Therefore we, talking about us as believers, he includes himself, ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we as believers escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Now, if you recall, Brother Todd talked about this last Wednesday and was faithful to remind us that the law which was delivered to Moses by Christ, the angel of the Lord, along with a myriad of angels called saints in Deuteronomy 33 and verse 2, was never necessary for salvation. I, you know, I've been doing this 50-some years. Most of religion wants to work their way to heaven. They want to do something to get to this utopia that God has promised everybody if they'll just do it His way, not religion way, okay? And so... Uh, the law was never necessary for salvation. Paul said in Galatians 3.17, and I'm going to do this quickly so I can get into Hebrews 2.4. Uh, Paul said, And this I say that the covenant, speaking of the promise of salvation, that was confirmed before of God in Christ, 
when compared to the law, which was written 430 years after that covenant of salvation was given to Abraham, cannot disannul, disannul, has no power over the covenant of salvation, that it should make the promise of none effect. Now, I, I ad-libbed in there a few things, okay? That's not in the original scripture, but that's the meaning. Paul said, listen, the law was given 430 years after the promise of salvation was given to Abraham. Therefore, the law has nothing to do with salvation. This is what Brother Todd was talking about last week, okay? Thus, the promise of salvation is the oldest covenant in the history of mankind, dating back millions, watch this, if not billions of years before we ever got here. You say the, the covenant of salvation, the promise to save a human being? Yes. Titus 1-2, in hope of eternal life, is that not salvation? Which God that cannot lie promised, what? Before the world began. This, this promise is the oldest promise that has ever been given to mankind, and it was given long before we were even here. God not only reminded Abraham of the promise of salvation 430 years before the law was ever written, but he gave that same covenant of salvation to Adam and Eve 2,000 years before Abraham existed. Which means for the first 2,600 years of human history, there was no Mosaic law. Only the promise of salvation to whoever wanted it. And that same promise is offered us today. Okay? In fact, according to Galatians 3.24, the law which was handed to Moses by Christ and a myriad of angels was nothing more than a schoolmaster. The only reason the law came in 2,600 years after Adam and Eve was to school the human race. To school them in what? Okay? Notice Galatians 3.24. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster, our teacher, our instructor. For what reason? To bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Meaning, the law was a teaching standard meant to teach men two things. Now, I'm doing this quickly so I can get to Hebrews 2.4. So if it sounds like I'm out of breath, I am, okay? Uh, number one, the law was written to show a nation how it ought to conduct itself as a people. Boy, we blew that in this country, didn't we? By the way, we blew that in the 60s. You wonder why we are where we are today in this nation where, you know, immorality is normal now. It's because we got rid of God back in the 60s. We got rid of the Word of God and prayer in the public schools. You, you toss that out, what's left? So it, it, the reason the law was written is to guide a nation as to how uh, its peoples should conduct themselves. But the second reason and most important reason uh, was to show people that it was impossible to attain salvation through works. Try to stand up to the law and see how you measure. By the way, 613 laws in the Old Testament, or probably throughout the entire Bible, have you kept every one of them? We've probably broken most of them, yes or no? Okay, so the law was an instructor to show us we couldn't keep it to be perfect, and that we needed a Savior. That's why it says in Galatians 3.24, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and I'm almost done, and we're going to get into Hebrews 2, 4. For by grace are you saved through faith, faith in what Christ did, not faith in what we do. 
And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we were talking about that here a moment ago. If I gave you a gift, would I charge you for it if it was a gift? Oh, if you, birthday presents, are they not gifts? I've never been charged for a birthday present. I've never been charged for a Christmas present. Have you? By the way, if I was charged, I wouldn't have owned it. I wouldn't have bought it. You say, why? Because it's a gift. It's a Christmas gift. It's a birthday gift. And you don't pay for gifts. Someone else pays for it and offers it to you. And you either say yes or you say no. Same thing is true with salvation. God offered us the gift of salvation and says yes, yes, or no. The majority of the world says no. They don't want that gift. They, they want religion or religiosity or, or self-right. They, they want anything but what God had offered them at Calvary. Galatians 2.16 says this, we're almost done. Knowing that a man is not justified or saved by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith of Christ. That is what Christ did for us at Calvary. Uh, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall, what's those next two words? No flesh be justified. Justified, saved. Just as if you've never sinned. Works cannot save us. It's impossible. Only what Christ did is at Calvary. That's why it's grace, not works. So, so why is that? Why can't we work our way to heaven like most religions teach? And by the way, most religions teach it. I used to follow my grandfather to the Catholic Church when I was a kid. Never went, but I used to follow him on my bike. And, and they teach that you have a ladder in the Catholic Church. And you've got to climb this every, every rung in order to receive possibly salvation. That's works. I'm here to tell you, it's grace, not works. This is what Brother Todd was trying to explain. And this promise of salvation by grace was given long before the law was ever written. Exactly what he was talking about last week. But here's the reason why you and I can't obey the law in order to be saved. James 2.10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is what? <laughs> Go ahead and try to keep the whole law. If, by the way, if you can keep the whole law, that means you've never sinned, yes or no? And if you've never sinned, you're guaranteed heaven. But all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible says. That's why we need Christ and what He did, not what we do. The reason we can't keep the law in order to be saved is because we can't keep all of it. And since we can't keep all of it, we are guilty of every bit of it. Hence the need for a Savior. Now, Hebrews 2.4. I wanted to just do a little review uh, it, was, it was so good last Wednesday, I, we, we just needed to review it. Hebrews 2, 4. And by the way, I only have three scriptures here. So when we're done with three scriptures, we're done with the lesson for tonight. But I want you to know one of the scriptures is the entire book of Genesis. So <clears throat> I'm teasing. Hebrews 2, 4. God also bearing, what's that next word? Them. Now, up there, the word them is not italicized, is it? But in your Bible, the word them would be italicized, meaning it wasn't in there in the original Scripture, okay? The, the, the translators added it to try to help us better understand the verse, okay? But the them is, it really is there, even though it's not there. Because who did God bear witness of his gifts when he left? Say the apostles. Yeah. 
So the them here is talking about the, the 12 apostles. God also bearing them, the, the Jewish apostles, for it was God who bore witness with them to the truth they preached. It was them that the Bible says he used by way of gifts, sign gifts. Now, now catch, I mean, you, you, you got to catch this is really good tonight. And I, and I know I got to hustle. God used Jewish believers, and in this case, the Jewish apostles, to reach the unbelieving Jews by way of special sign gifts. We know, according to Hebrews 2.4, that God gave the Jewish apostle these sign gifts to perform before, now hear this next word, unbelieving Jews. You see, the sign gifts aren't for us. We don't need them. I don't need a sign gift. By the way, when I got saved, God, <laughs> when Frank Owens picked me up 53 years ago and led me to Christ, uh, God didn't, after I got saved, God didn't brush the clouds away, come down inside that car and say, well, congratulations, Brad, you just got saved. Never had any of that. I never had what the Jews have. Never. I don't know about you. Question is, Why? Why would God give the Jewish apostles, number one, special power to perform miracles like casting out demons, etc., etc., uh, special power to speak the languages of all men like they did at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And by the way, I, I, I haven't got time tonight, but I will get into that sometime. The languages they spoke were common languages. It wasn't some, don't get me wrong, jibber-jabber. I, I, I hate to use that, that term, but it wasn't some jibber-jabber. No, the Bible says every man heard these apostles speak in their own language. So this is the power to speak the language of all men. Number three, special power to heal like they did throughout the entire book of Acts. Now here's the three scriptures that I'm done. So it sounds like we're going to have a short night tonight, right? No, Philip says. Mark 16 and verse 14, here it goes. Mark 16, 14. Afterwards, he, Jesus, appeared unto the eleven Jewish apostles as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Isn't that sad? These were the Jewish apostles that traveled with him for three years, saw every miracle that he ever did, and still questioned as to whether he was the Messiah or not. Now, if they failed give yourself a break you're going to fail every now and then you're going to question things every now and then you're going to say oh my goodness i don't know is what i believe really true is it working out all the rest of it? you know just join the camp these jewish apostles and jesus had to upbraid them why because they saw it all by the way did you see it all or did you just hear about it all we've done is heard about it Okay. It says in verse 15, And he said unto them, the Jewish apostles, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes the message of the gospel and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not the message of the gospel shall be damned. By the way, I will get into Mark 16, 16 at another, on another Wednesday, maybe two Wednesdays from now when I speak again. It's important to get into that one. Uh, for now, let's look at Mark 16, 16 and discover why the Jewish apostles were chosen to perform the sign gifts before unbelieving Jews. Verse 17, 
And these signs, he said to them, shall follow you, shall follow them, that is the Jewish apostles who believed, follow the context here, in my name they, the Jewish apostles, shall cast out devils, that's perform miracles, they shall speak with new tongues, speak the languages of all men. And by the way, what they did is they didn't, now watch this, they didn't speak in their language. They spoke in their own Hebrew language, but the people listening heard it in their language. That's the miracle. How hear we every man preach the gospel in our own language? They're, they're speaking Jewish, and we're hearing it in Egyptian. They're speaking Jewish, and we're hearing it in Turkish. They're speaking Jewish, and we're hearing it in Arabian. This is the miracle of the tongues, okay? Verse 18, Then they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Speaking of miracles again, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Speaking of healing. So why did the Jewish apostles get to perform the sign gifts? Okay, two scriptures and I'm done. Very important to follow these two, next two scriptures. First of all, what's a sign? <laughs> a sign gift is just that. It's a sign. But a sign to who? Okay. Exodus chapter 4 in your Bibles. Exodus 4, look at verse 1. Remember when Moses was called to pull the Jewish people out of bondage back in Exodus? Okay? And Moses answered and said to the Lord, Now you want me to pull these people out, but you know they're stiff-necked people. And by the way, are the Jewish a stiff-necked people? To this day, okay? They are so stubborn and so stiff-necked. How are they going to believe me? And God says, you're going to do some signs. You're going to do some miracles. Because the Bible says, if you read your Bibles carefully in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 22, it says, the Jews require a sign, but Gentiles, that's us, seek after knowledge and wisdom. They need the signs. We don't. I didn't need a sign to get saved. Now, if you did, you may have Jewish blood in you. Exodus 4 and verse 1, Moses answered and said to the Lord, But behold, they won't believe me when I go there and try to pull them out of Egypt, nor hearken to my voice. They will say, The Lord hath not appeared to thee. And the Lord said unto him, Okay, so show him a sign. What's that in your hand? He said, A rod. He said, Throw that rod down. So he threw the rod down. It became a snake. Ooh, that's a pretty good miracle. Moses said, That's such a good miracle. I ain't picking it up. And God told him, he says, Well, pick it up from the tail. Oh, I, oh, there's a whole sermon there. I want to I just go into that sermon, but I'm not going to. So he went and he picked it up by the tail and it became a rod again. There you go. Show them that. He said, well, what if they don't believe that? He said, okay, take the rod, tap the water, it'll turn to blood. He said, what if they don't believe that? He said, well, then we'll show them another sign. The Jews are the ones that required a sign, not us. Jews, Okay. It says here in verse 4, And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thy hand, take it by the tail, put it in his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. This is the sign to the Jewish people. Why? That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. Now notice verse 8 before we get to the last scripture. And it shall come to pass, God says, If they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, then they will believe the voice of the latter sign. I'll, I'll just keep giving them signs. And that's the whole reason God, the Lord Jesus Christ, gave the Jewish apostles in Mark 16 the ability to perform these sign gifts. 
so that the unbelieving Jews who need a sign believe. The reason the Jewish apostles were allowed to perform the sign gifts is because of who they were dealing with, unbelieving Jews. Here's a fact, and if you don't think it's a fact, then you do all the work. I did all the work. Took me thousands and thousands and thousands of hours, but I did all the work. Now, once you do all the work and you put in thousands and thousands and thousands of hours, then you can come up with what you think. But until then, this is what comes out of it. Here's the fact. You will always find that whenever a sign gift was performed in the book of Acts, now listen to this, it was always performed by a Jew, a believing Jew, for the sake of unbelieving Jews every time. You say, how many recorded miracles are there in the book of Acts? Fifteen. So how can you be so specific? I did all the work. You do all the work, you'd find there was just fifteen too. And in every case, you'll find a Jew performing the miracle and Jews being the receiving end of that miracle. The Bible clearly teaches us that the sign gifts, tongues, miracles, and healings were always performed by a Jew for the sake of confirming the word to the unbelieving Jews. You see, in Mark 16, 15, our Lord commanded His 11 Jewish apostles to go and witness to the rest of the nation of unbelieving Jews. He then told them that just like He did with Moses, He would do with them. He would use miraculous signs to convince them that it's Him. That's as simple as I can make it. But there's, there's, that's, I, I told all of this night just to get to this part here. So if you haven't hung on to any of it, hang on to this part here. Here's the point I'd like to make. Hebrews 2.4, where it says God used them to perform the sign gifts. The Jewish people have had the privilege of, number one, being naturally and nationally blessed with greatness. Yes or no? Why do you, why do you think most of the lawyers in America are Jewish? Why do you think most of the movie directors, Steven Spielberg and, and most of the actors, Harrison Ford, I mean, I can most of Hollywood is made up of Jewish people, believe it or not. I mean, Nobel Prize winners, Jewish. How come they get to be so blessed? Because God made a promise to Abraham. He said, Abraham, I will bless your descendants naturally and nationally. You say, well, I'm not Jewish. I don't get that blessing. No, you don't. Number two, the Jewish people have had the privilege of bringing forth the Savior of the world. Yes or no? A Gentile nation didn't bring forth the Messiah. The Jewish people brought forth the Messiah. Yes or no? Number three, the Jewish people were used to write the Bible. Not one Gentile was used to write the Bible. That's why I wrote my own. <laughs> it's a study Bible. <laughs> Folks, the, the Bible itself was written by Jewish people. Not us, them. Not, not, you got to wait for this. You got to wait for it. It's coming. Number four, the Jews were the ones that witnessed the birth of the Savior and encountered the very person of Christ, God in flesh. They're the ones that got to do that. I didn't get to do that. The majority of the Gentile world never got to do that, but they got the privilege of it, yes or no? 
So they got the privilege of being naturally and nationally blessed with greatness, for bringing forth the Savior of the world, for writing the Bible, for witnessing the birth of the Savior and counting the person of Christ. Number five, started the church. Gentiles didn't start the church. You didn't start the church. I didn't start the church. Gentiles don't do things like that. It was the Jewish apostles that started everything. Whoa! I'm a part of the Jewish Gentile church, and I had nothing to do with it. Nope. God used the Jewish apostles. Number six, the Jews are the only ones allowed to perform the sign gifts. You can argue with that all you want, but I'm, I'm talking Bible here. And number seven, the Jewish people have had the privilege of being the nation Christ will rule and reign from for 1,000 years. I told my wife last night, if I make it into the millennium, I don't think all believers are going to make it into the millennium. Now, they'll make it to heaven for sure. But Jesus said in Revelation chapter 2 that those who honor him and do what's right down here, and hopefully I can do that to the end, they will rule and reign with him. And so I'm I'm hoping to rule and reign with Christ when he comes. If I don't, I'm going to be in heaven. I'm good with that. But I would like to rule and reign. And where do I want to rule and reign? On an island? From from an island in in Canada. That's what I... Jesus will be in, in Jerusalem, uh, in the nation of Israel, ruling and reigning the entire world, and I'm going to be on an island in Canada running the entire, sorry Trudeau, you're out. And I'm going to be fishing, and if the Lord needs me for anything, he knows where I'm at. I'll be in my new body so he can just think and I can think, and together we can work where I need to be, and I drop my rod and go do it, and then come back and pick up my rod again. But Christ isn't going to rule and reign from Canada or America or Germany or China. Israel, the Jewish people. After looking at this list, only one thought comes to mind. Those Jews sure are lucky people. Yeah, they are blessed, yes or no? Okay, now here it is and I'm done. This ought to put a smile on your face. Last scripture, John 20, 26 through 29. Hopefully, many of you knew I was going in this direction. If not, welcome to this direction. Verse 26. After eight days again, his disciples, his 11 apostles, were within. And Thomas, you know, doubting Thomas, with them. You know, Thomas didn't see the Lord the week before because he wasn't in church. For some reason, he was missing church. You never know what you miss till you miss. And so when the rest of the apostles said, we, we saw the resurrected Christ, he said, nope, nope, ain't going to believe it. Oh, you're Jewish. Look at, look at all the things you've gotten, you lucky Jewish people. You, look what you've gotten to do. You don't believe that? We saw him. Nope. And I refuse to believe until I see the holes in his hand, the holes in his side. Talk to him personally. Hmm. It says, and after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. And then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. Jesus is so patient with us. Why can't we be patient with each other? I mean, what an insult to the Savior. After spending three years with Thomas... Him seeing everything, hearing about the resurrection, even though he didn't see it, 
knowing the Old Testament scriptures talked all about it, still wouldn't believe. Jesus, he didn't go. He just kind of went, come on, Thomas, come on. Now, if Christ can be patient with those kind of Christians, why can't we be patient with each other? Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger, reach hither thy hand. He said, be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. He got it. But notice Jesus' next words. Jesus saith unto him, and here's where the little slap comes. But here's where the big pat comes on the back. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Kudos to you. However, look at that next statement. Blessed are they that have not seen. Blessed are they that have not seen, Jesus says to doubting Thomas. Jesus says to the Jewish apostle who had everything going for him. He said, and have yet believed. You believed. I, I believed without seeing any of the miracles. The only thing I did was trust the Word of God when Frank Owens gave it to me. And then I called her up 53 years ago and said, you're not going to believe this. Some guy picked me up hitchhiking and you need to hear this because she was a bigger heathen than I was. None of you believe that, do you? Man, I... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last statement here. Just because you're blessed beyond measure more than any other race on earth, the Jewish nation, doesn't mean you're blessed forever. After a thousand... Now watch. After a thousand-year millennial reign of ruling and reigning in Israel... Is Israel going to continue to be the nation that rules everything? No. No. Then we begin eternity with our new bodies. And by the way, these bodies are going to be greater than the angelic bodies that the greatest angels God ever created had. And we will find out in eternity there's, there's only a few verses in the Bible that talk about eternity future. Those verses, that's a great lesson in itself. In God's eyes, those who have not been on the receiving end of greatness or were used to bring forth the Savior of the world or were used to write the Bible or saw Jesus personally or were used to start the church or were used to perform the sign gifts or, or, or will be used as the nation to rule and reign when Jesus returns. In God's eyes, the greatest people are those who simply took God at His word without any other evidence and believed it. Those will be the greatest in God's eyes when He returns. You wonder why I keep a spiritual schedule. Why Brother Todd talks about it. We're talking Jesus, folks. We're talking the, the God who created all things. You, you can't even fathom by looking up all that he controls and created. He became flesh and dwelt among us. 
And all he asks us is to finish what we started the day we got saved. That's all he's asking. Not asking anymore. Just finish the race you started the day you got saved. Well, what does that require? Well, it requires a spiritual schedule. I would stick with three simple things. Give God the first moments of the morning. Give God the first day of the week. So, you know, Sunday. And, and give God the first 10% of everything you make. Say, why should I give God 10% of what I make? Well, God doesn't need your money. You, you do know that. Here's what God's looking for. So if this is more important to us than obeying this, we got our priorities wrong, and the one who saved us is going to be a little bit upset with us when we get to glory. Because we made this and what this can do for us down here more important than this and what it's going to do for everybody come eternity. So Hebrews 2.4 is all about God saying that he gave all special sign gifts to these apostles, these Jewish apostles, and that the Jewish people have been blessed for 6,000 years now, well, first 4,000 years. And now they're being blessed again at the end here because Jesus has to return to that nation. But that all that blessing is just temporal. Nation of Israel will end someday. The Jewish people will end someday. You do know that. There were no Jewish people before Moses pulled the Israelites out of Egypt. They weren't even Israelites. They were just descendants of Abraham. The Jews never even... Abraham was not a Jew, folks. Isaac was not Jewish. Jacob was not Jewish. Now, he fathered the 12 children of Israel, future. But it wasn't until Moses was... Moses wasn't even Jewish until he was used to pull the people out of Egypt. And once they crossed that Red Sea, they became the nation. They were birthed as a nation, yes or no? They were birthed as the Jewish people. But folks, when we get to heaven, there's no Jews. There's no black. There's no white. There's no Greek. There's no American. There's just the saved. By the way, there there ain't no spouses in heaven either. Spouses. (laughs) Lloyd, that's because Carolyn's not here. But, But there's no spouses. We know that. Jesus said that. This thing is going to be phenomenal. And, and if you want it to be phenomenal, and I'm done with this, then keep a spiritual schedule. It's that simple. If you don't feel like reading your Bible, read it anyway. If you don't feel like going to church, go to church anyway. If you don't feel like giving, give anyway. Just do what you're supposed to do spiritually when you're supposed to do it. And God says, you're the most blessed. More blessed than those Jewish people? Yeah, more blessed than them. I'm good with that. You good with that? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time here tonight. One verse, hopefully these good folks grabbed a hold of it and they really saw who you are, Lord Jesus, and how much you love us and how patient you are with us and how that it was you that said, blessed are they that have not seen yet believed. That's us. We are blessed eternally and we thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen.